Last week, as I mentioned at the beginning of our worship, we began a celebration of 75 years of ministry here at St. Simon's Presbyterian Church. And with that, we kicked off a new sermon series that, appropriately enough, we are calling Birthday Party. Each week, we are visiting stories from our past, from our past of faith, of fellowship, of worship, of service, and of people. And we're asking ourselves how those stories from our past as a church might inform our present and future living, where and how God might be leading us into the future. And so we turn this day to the book of Acts, and we ask ourselves what it means to be a church that is celebrating 75 years of fellowship. Let us listen once more for a word from God. The author writes, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs that were performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Friends, this too is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you join me once more in prayer? Good and gracious God, send your spirit now. Send your spirit that it would be that bridge from an ancient church to this church today. That through its work, O oh God, the lessons of old would inform the living of now. Indeed, O oh God, we pray these things to you, for we know that with you they are possible. God, through the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts, may we glorify you, for you and you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. They devoted themselves. Now, there is a word we don't hear all that often these days, do we? Devoted. Not to be morbid, but honestly, I think the time that I most often hear the word devoted used is in the context of a funeral. He was a devoted husband. She was a devoted mother. They were devoted children, but not so much in the context of everyday life. When you step back and think about it, of course, it isn't all that surprising given that we are living in this time in world history where there are so many choices for everything, from toilet paper on down to ice cream, from grocery stores to gas stations to fast food joints to churches, right? There's so many choices. Why should we even bother to commit, to devote ourselves to just one? Clearly, though, that was not the case for the early church. And make no mistake about it, this reading from Acts chapter 2, this is the early church. 
our Bible scholars here, or perhaps anyone who had their pew Bible open and flip back to the beginning of chapter 2, that's the story of the Pentecost, literally the birth of the church in the New Testament. That's what starts chapter 2, and then right before these verses is Peter's sermon to the early church, the very first sermon ever preached, and here we are today. In this reading, This is the earliest account of what the church was up to. What these earliest followers of the way woke up and thought to themselves, this is how I will spend my day. And according to Acts, what they did was devote themselves to prayer, to study, to fellowship. Now, to be fair, they didn't necessarily have a whole lot of choices about where to go to church, having just had the church be born, but they did have a choice about whether or not to show up to church. And let's be real, there was, there was a certain danger involved with just the act of going to church. Even in these earliest days, they are in many respects putting their livelihoods, sometimes their reputations, and sometimes even still their very lives on the line by choosing to go to church. And yet, they choose to commit. And when these folks commit, they commit, don't they? They devoted themselves to being the church, Acts tells us. They shared everything they had with others. They prayed and worshiped and learned and ate together. Two times in five verses, we get reference to what? Breaking bread. You know, and I was interviewing with the search committee to come and be a pastor at this church, I remember asking my predecessor, the Reverend Bob Brearley, you know, Bob, what makes St. Simon's Presbyterian unique? And he said, Alan, this is a church that eats together. (laughs) And I asked him, "Why, why is that special? And he said, a church that eats together, something happens there. Something happens and a church that eats together. They devoted themselves to one another. And sure enough, in this story, something happens, right? According to Acts, they were filled with what? Awe. They devote themselves to one another, and they are filled with awe. You see, when we talk about Christian fellowship, We're talking about something a little deeper than than dinner with our neighbors. We're talking about something a little bit deeper than just having a few beers with our buddies after a round of golf. We're talking about something deeper even than having cupcakes on the front driveway of the church, which we did last week. We're not so much talking about the what it is we're doing as the why it is we're doing it. Because according to Scripture, according to the book of Acts, Christian fellowship, it involves this commitment that people make one to the other to model their lives after the life of Jesus, right? This commitment to living a life where we place the well-being of another before the well-being of self. Christian fellowship is this commitment to to devoting ourselves to one another, not because we're alike, not because we happen to belong to the same club 
or go to the same restaurants for dinner or adhere to the same theology or vote for the same politicians. It's not that. We don't devote ourselves to each other because we're all alike here. Rather, we devote ourselves to one another because we believe that in Jesus Christ, God has woven each and every one of our lives together in the fabric of God's love. You know, I don't have too many soapboxes that I stand on, but there's one that I will pull out from time to time. And that particular soapbox is my belief, my core conviction about the role that the church of Jesus Christ, and particularly mainline churches like ours, where I look out on faces that I know for a fact have all kinds of different beliefs and persuasions and backgrounds. It's this soapbox about my core conviction about the role that the church of Jesus Christ has to play in our world today. Because we're living in this time of talking heads. There's always been talking heads, I get that, but now they're just so much louder and incessant, right? From Rachel Maddow to Tucker Carlson, from Joe Scarborough to uh, Sean Hannity, right? We're in this age of, of gotcha journalism, this age when, when school board meetings are going viral because they resemble something more like a gladiator fight-to-the-death spectacle, right? We're living in this, this time where there's this weird shift to like a, a cult-like fealty that we have to politicians on every side of the spectrum, right? We're living in this time when the notion that any of us could be devoted, deeply loved, anyone or anything that isn't in our own interests or our own selves, right? That notion that that we could be devoted to one another, it seems most of the time, I don't know, insane. But the church of Jesus Christ, the church of Jesus Christ from our very first day has been built for this, right? There's the alarm. It's, it's God is wake up. <laughs> wake up to what the church has been built for. It has been built for this time to model a different way, a way where our well-being doesn't come first, a way where we devote ourselves to one another, not because we are alike, but because God, God has revealed God's self in Jesus Christ to be devoted to us. You know, I love the picture on the front of our bulletin today. I know it's a little bit grainy, but I love this picture because it, it, illustrates for us that St. Simon's Presbyterian Church has been eating together, has been fellowshipping for a very long time. This is 1951. In many respects, the fact that we have a space to sit in and worship today is due to this very event. This was the kickoff banquet to a capital campaign that eventually built these walls and, and this roof. 
There's an amazing video, if you haven't seen it, Ada Owens put it together ahead of our 75th anniversary kickoff last Sunday. It is uh, stories told by several members who have been part of this community of faith, really dating back to these days. Many of them were children or teenagers or young adults then. But it's this video where Ada has woven together some of their stories along with this footage, this incredible footage. She got her hands on this 16 millimeter footage that no one knew we had. It's this footage video of the laying of the cornerstone. So if you walk out the church right in that back corner outside, you'll see the cornerstone. And it's video of the cornerstone literally being put into place. She got digitized and she sort of wove it into this video. You can find it on our website or on our Vimeo page. But what's amazing in this video, too, is after the cornerstone lane, there's this other event. I don't quite know if it happened the exact same day, but it's right around the same time. And it's here. It's inside this space, right? It's these folks back in 1954 congregating, dedicating this sanctuary right sort of in the middle of where you're sitting today. And then at the end of it, there's this footage of a party that they threw. There's literally a birthday cake with candles you can see in the video. And it occurred to me as I watched it, you know, that is the first fellowship event that ever took place in this particular building for this family of faith called St. Simon's Presbyterian Church. And if you watch it, watch the faces of the people. Right? There's this energy. There's this spirit of excitement, of joy. There's almost this sense of awe that fills up the screen. This sense among the people there, wow, look at what God is doing. It occurred to me too, though, as I was watching it, that those very first members and and folks who were part of this church, they had a choice at some point. There were other churches on St. Simon's at the time. I don't know if the world needs another Presbyterian church ever, but St. Simon's could have got along without a Presbyterian church. There were the Baptists, there were the Methodists. I don't know who else was here, but there were other churches. But all the people in that footage, they made a choice. They chose consciously to devote themselves one to another to start this, to start this community of faith that we have today. And in the words of the author of Acts, the Lord added to their number over time. You know, before you leave today, I hope you'll take an opportunity to look to your left, to look to your right, to look behind you, to look in front of you, right? Take an inventory of the faces that are around you, both ones that you may know, but I hope too some faces that you may not recognize. Consider the fact that we, we too have a choice. In this space, in this time, we have a choice too whether or not we will continue to devote ourselves one to another. And make no mistake about it, the world, the world is going to tell you, don't worry about them. Take care of yourself. But the gospel, 
the gospel tells us something different. Friends, we have a choice. We have a choice to whether we will continue devoting ourselves to study, to prayer, to worship, to breaking bread, to fellowship in that deepest sense of the word. Friends, may we, may we choose the gospel's version and not the world's. May we love deeply and grow in number and walk forward in faith. In the name of the one who leads us in that work this day and always, amen.